0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of Record for the Left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting from Piss Town, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash Sentinel. Rumor has it that you're back on Twitter, Sam. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I've been locked out. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's... This was within, like, one hour, I think, of you signing up for a new account. Well, I, I don't know how the uh, Twitter suspicious
1: activity algorithm works, but I was just locked out. I uh, I had received a bunch of followers, and I kept retweeting Parliament, the... Uh, Parliament. Yeah, sorry, Parliament. Yeah, the uh, the the drill UK Parliament uh, parody account, and boom, I was locked out. That'll uh, do it. It uh, for, was the Parliament. It was the Parliament retweets. I I made a Barbara Bush's ghost joke too, and uh, I, I don't. I know, feel like but- this
0: happened briefly when you started taking control of the account for our now defunct bribe the ref podcast like they just saw you tweeting a lot from the account they're like we're just gonna lock you until we figure out what the hell's going on here <laughs> but then it was back and it was fine so i think you, i think you'll be fine in 12 hours or 24 hours whenever this runs out
1: either way at night 69 420
0: <laughs> all right um speaking of Parliament <laughs> Looking at some odds markets here, betting markets out of the UK, looking good for those who want to see Boris Johnson defeated in trade markets here. Official Brexit by November 1st, no, 77 cents compared to yes at 23 cents. Also, will elections be called by October 31st? Yes, 79 cents, no, 21 cents. Of course, uh, who's going to be the next prime minister? Jeremy Corbyn going off at about two to one odds.
1: I, I, I do think, to be fair, uh, Johnson is still the odds-on favorite to win the next election. But I don't know if I would be feeling pretty good about myself right now if I were a Boris Johnson supporter, probably for many reasons, one of them being that the guy you're backing is appearing to be just like a fucking buffoon more and more with every passing second but what it's, what it's he, not like what did he new. call
0: corbin today a, a big girl's blouse is that a common insult <laughs> i know they have a bunch of weird ones uh in the uk
1: it's a it's a really laddish like uh you know misogynistic sort yeah, of thing sounds it, like it. it but also just weird it's like something alan partridge has said
0: not just would say i believe alan partridge has said that uh, at least once news back stateside congressman cyclops dan crenshaw running a gun bank evidently <laughs> admitting on twitter that he's just regularly loans his guns out to people for protection
1: as as one does you just I have a, a small fucking cache of uh, arms that you know just laying around the house because I am a normal person yeah. who is angry all the time,
0: shouting with an eye patch, uh, with a bunch of guns. Dan pulled some bullshit about like, how dare you uh, assume my friends are all abusers, even though Crenshaw used to administer a Facebook page and. Fucking racist Facebook page. Uh, a racist Pizzagate Facebook page. Yeah. Crenshaw. <laughs> Sorry he knows. for making assumptions on who you're, <laughs> is in your friend circles here, uh, Dan. He probably would have lent the gun to the guy who showed up at Comet
1: Pizza to self-investigate. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is really just the most fucking infantile thing. The good guy with the gun because... Uh, conservatives think they have this all-seeing eye, which uh, enables them to detect all criminal activity. Well, Dan has an all-seeing
0: eye because he only (laughs) has one. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. All right, it's Wednesday, September 4th, 2019. Here's the news. A new Watchdog report released Wednesday confirms... That rampant child abuse was carried out by the Trump administration against migrant kids. Health and Human Services Inspector General published its findings on how the department faced several challenges administering mental health care to detained children, particularly those who were separated from their parents as part of the official Trump administration policy. Reading from the report, quote, According to program directors and mental health clinicians, separated children exhibited more fear, Feelings of abandonment and post-traumatic stress than did children who were not separated. Separated children experienced heightened feelings of anxiety and loss as a result of their unexpected separation from their parents after their arrival in the United States. For example, some separated children expressed acute grief that caused them to cry inconsolably. Remember, these are kids who have already suffered traumatic experiences back home, wherever their home country was. Hence why... They were being brought to the U.S. for a better life or just for survival. But as the report details, they were then subjected to more abuse. For example, here's another story highlighted in the report. A seven or eight-year-old boy was separated from his father without any explanation as to why the separation occurred. The child was under the delusion that his father had been killed and believed that he would also be killed. The child... This child ultimately required emergency psychiatric care to address his mental health distress. Stephen Miller belongs in prison. Uh, Just thought I would chime in with that. Yeah. The longer children were in custody of DHS, the more their mental health deteriorated. The report details how detention facilities struggled to find and hire mental health care providers to treat children. The number of kids detained skyrocketed throughout 2018 as these facilities were struggling to find health care providers. The inspector general made a number of recommendations to address the lack of health care specialists on hand and to reduce the amount of time children spend in health and human services custody. The department concurred with the recommendations. <laughs> we'll see uh, if anything comes out of that. Is this
1: one of uh, Nancy Pelosi's examples of self-impeachment? Because uh, it sounds like something that uh, should fuel a case for actual impeachment, but what do we know? We're just podcasts and not the epic shade uh, givers or whatever. Yeah, hit me with that seal clap. (laughs) The Trump administration is seeking to encourage more risk-taking by banks. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation proposed a rule today on amending rules that cap consumer interest rates. The rule affects federally insured banks that are considered, quote, less than well capitalized. It was enacted after the savings and loan crisis in the 1980s, aimed at stopping troubled banks from offering too-good-to-be-true interest rates on customer savings. The FDIC said the rules should be changed to allow smaller banks to offer more competitive rates. The same sort of mentality that led to the SNL crisis in the first place, like 30 years ago, Uh, roughly like a thousand banks, a thousand firms rather, uh, failed
0: during that crisis. Also, uh, the crisis of SNL never being funny for 30 years. (laughs) Hi-oh. Uh, just like the implication
1: here that like small bank owners know what they're doing any better than the dipshits on Wall Street, I I have little faith in that. Yeah. The Trump administration predicts its rule changes will be modest. They forecast a slightly higher rate cap on most basic financial services, savings deposits by a fifth of a percentage point, twelve-month CDs by one percentage point. It noted, however, the impact could be much greater in a sharp downturn, quote, where the number of less than well-capitalized banks increases substantially. Something we are headed for. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What is the inverse yield? Yeah, that the, inverted that yield. That inverted
0: yield. That's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter of months now. Yeah, there was also some economic news, I believe, yesterday about manufacturing declining for the first time uh, during the Trump administration. So... Yeah, and we
1: also uh, have talked about analyses which show that the uh, increase in interest rates uh, have been a real boon to banks and have really boosted their revenue. And Trump now putting pressure on the Fed uh, to decrease rates, and that could have some third-order effects that he's not anyway. Another corporate giveaway news story, this one from last week. Trump's labor regulators made a ruling which limit penalties for bosses who misclassify workers as contractors, which is something obviously they do to deprive workers of their right to organize a union. The National Labor Relations Board ruled that employers who misclassify employees are no longer automatically liable for unfair labor practice charges. Legal Publication JD Supra described the outcome thusly, quote, "chalk up in the win column for businesses."
0: Yeah, this is like the NLRB saying, "Here's how you do it. Just set up your business so that yeah, it is nobody has
1: union <laughs> busting naturally it's not just republicans who support this kind of shameless corporate abuse of contract work yesterday bloomberg's josh idelson reported that the city of chicago responded to foia filings by claiming uber and lyft driver identities should be considered trade secrets to prevent them from being hired by competitors now none of these companies have ever been profitable in they're forcing their workers to be rugged individualists
0: and basically lording over them like Fredo Corleone. They're already acting like their drivers are automated.
1: It, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's like that stu- they're just automatons <laughs> that yeah.
0: are their own trade secrets. What goes into these humans? That, that operate our vehicles
1: Like the idea that the their drivers Are like entrepreneurs and Like who are out there And independent and They
0: literally won't even release Their IDs To, to fucking
1: ugh, Anyway
0: Moving on, the Federal Trade Commission announced on Tuesday that it had slapped YouTube and its parent company Google with a $170 million fine for illegally collecting data on children. The online video giant did not properly seek parental consent or notify parents about the collection of their children's data when watching videos on YouTube of Maine. That violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, a law designed to give parents control over what sort of data is collected about their kids when they're online. Kids watching videos on YouTube had identifiers like cookies collected on them so that they could be targeted with tailored advertisements when they went to different websites. The fine on YouTube is broken down with $34 million going to the state of New York and the remaining $136 million going to the U.S. Treasury as part of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act violation. This is the largest fine under that law in history. YouTube has also agreed to make changes to its platform to ward off future violations of the law. But when it comes down to it, the massive tech company, Google, YouTube, they got off easy. In fact, the FTC voted three, two to approve the settlement with the two Democrats on the panel dissenting. Why? Because the settlement did not hold any YouTube executives personally liable, nor did it go far enough to prevent YouTube from profiting off its illegal behavior. One of those commissioners, Rohit Chopra, argued that this settlement makes the same mistake as the one that the FTC agreed to with Facebook a few months ago. We reported that on this show, which saw the social media behemoth slapped with a $5 billion fine for repeated privacy violations. But also in that case, executives at Facebook were let off the hook. In fact, I think
1: Senator uh, Ron Wyden was... The other day he gave an interview saying that he wanted uh zuckerberg to face jail time and a lot of i think the legal theory behind going after him is that he violated a, a, a prior consent agreement that facebook entered with the FTC ftc in like 2011. so if they're striking up these agreements again and just agreeing that these guys never have to go to jail for anything they do why would they? Why would they change?
0: Yeah, I mean the the words Zuckerberg in jail makes a prison abolitionist like me want to reconsider my beliefs. Also,
1: what? Why would the Republicans want YouTube to change? I mean, they like they have this algorithm which just it's like a preschool the alt right pipeline yeah. where kids who are watching uh, some fucking random stupid video. The algorithm shows them like Ben Shapiro or Dave Rubin or some other such fucking sludge automatically. So Republicans don't want YouTube to change at all. Yeah,
0: it's the baby shark to Ben Shapiro
1: pipeline. (laughs) Finally, while some people are claiming the FBI needs new power to go after white nationalists, nothing is stopping it from going after yet another adversary of white nationalists. Yahoo News is reporting that the Bureau is targeting people protesting U.S. immigration policy at the southern border. The report cites analysis from the Bureau's Phoenix office, which claims that, quote, anarchist extremists very likely are increasing the targeting of U.S. government, law enforcement personnel and facilities along the Arizona border, increasing the risk of armed conflict. Armed conflict! Yahoo noted, by the way, that the Bureau could only cite nonviolent protest activity when arriving at this uh, fantastic conclusion of armed conflict on the U.S.-Mexico border. An anarchist insurrection on the
0: U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, they're probably not too far off on where our hearts are at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, buddy, we wish. Uh, uh, Anyway, raising the specter that some kind of unscrupulous paid informant is involved, the FBI said its reporting was based on intel gathered from, quote, direct access to these groups on the border, also through the monitoring of social media which is probably uh, what they base their armed conflict thing on, is people sending Alessandra Mussolini photos of her granddad. (laughs) That's a bit autobiographical there. (laughs) Anyway, one of these guys whose accounts was monitored by the report, he was not surprised by any of this, as uh, one might imagine. Tennessee-based anti-fascist Corey Lemley told Yahoo that he had been visited in person by federal agents This was after he planned counter demonstrations at neo-Nazi rallies in his home state. Again, cops and Klan, hand in hand, baby. Limley said, quote, understanding the history of this country, you'd have to be naive to be surprised. This
0: is nothing new. That'll do it for the newscast today. Remember, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel, so you can have access to all the bonus content we put out. We're going to be dropping an interview tomorrow for subscribers. We uh, chatted with Chris Caesar of This This Awful awful Pod. pod. Um, This Awful Pod, great pod. It's actually a good pod. Yeah. Uh, We talked about online beefs, and uh, Chris... Broke down his experience at the, what was it, the Straight Pride Fest? The Straight Pride Rally God in dang. Boston.
1: He uh, went to go observe the uh, that that whole shit show yeah. and uh, told us about that. that yeah.
0: We also uh, chatted with Hannah Gaze. That interview coming out tomorrow as well about her report in Splinter. Of, of a similar vein, yeah. as, as the subject a, we talked about with Chris. it's a bunch about of uh, low-level writers at uh, right-wing publications who were also part of a white nationalist email list. Basically, it is a melange of newsy stuff about
1: far-right dipshits who are uh, very fucking pathetic, but also uh, scary in their own right. <sighs>
0: So subscribe so you can listen to those interviews. Also, you'll get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. Call the Rant Line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on tomorrow's show. Back tomorrow for subscribers. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.